1: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Music City Audible podcast presented by The Pharmacy, Burger Parlor, and Beer Garden in East Nashville. Brought to you by Broadway Sports Media in partnership with 440 Sports. I am Justin Graver, and with me, as always, Justin Mello. We're previewing Commanders versus Titans this week. What's up, Justin?
2: As I always say, we have a loaded show today. If you are a loyal MCA listener, you listen to the recap episode. I've talked about having a loaded show. I wasn't kidding. We got two incredible guests. Come, Not one, as you're used to. We switched it up on you. We apologize. If you're a creature of habit, you're used to one guest on the MCA. I'm sorry. You're going to have to figure it out because we have two incredible guests today.
1: That's right. We got Ryan Fowler, your colleague at the Draft Network, a big commander's guy, used to work for the commander. So he'll take us through some things to expect from that matchup. And then we have Titans defensive tackle Tier Tartt on, talking about the incredible interception he made and his growth as a player since he joined the league. So we'll get to that. But let's start with Ryan Fowler here and then uh, we'll preview this Washington game. He's the host of the Commanding the Huddle podcast for the Draft Network, colleagues with Justin Mello. He actually used to work for the Washington Commanders. I think that was before they were called the Commanders. But Ryan, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Doing well. Appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely.
2: Ryan, I'm just going to get right into it, man. As a Titans podcast, we have to start with Carson Wentz, right? Titans fans are big supporters of Carson Wentz. (laughs) Uh, You know, after he played terribly for the Indianapolis Colts last season, we really appreciate him for doing that. Tanked their playoff chances last year. He was terrible in both games against the Titans, right? If I recall correctly, had that, those pair of interceptions in that overtime game. Um, what have you seen from Wentz so far in Washington?
3: Yeah, the first two weeks uh, have been better uh, than the last two. Um, they opened up against Jacksonville. They looked good. But against Detroit, and was better in that second half. The offensive line has completely fallen apart in Washington. They've used three centers in three weeks, and he's learning a brand new offense. Everybody talks about his success in Philadelphia. And then when he went to Indianapolis with Frank Reich, Frank Reich isn't in D.C., Scott Turner. He's learning a brand new offense. And when their starting center, Chase Fulia, was able to allow Carson to keep his eyes up, focus on the secondary, focus on those linebackers and see what they're doing defensively. He's gone now, and he's out for the year. And their offensive line has been disgusting. They allowed three sacks the first half to Aiden Hutchinson, allowed nine sacks to Philadelphia, and now they allowed only two to Dallas, kept Micah Parsons off the sack sheet. Carson Wentz hasn't looked good offensively these last two weeks. 18 points combined in the last two weeks. You got guys like Jeffrey Simmons and Bud Dupree coming off the edge. You got guys like Janico Autry, T.R. Tarker, we'll get to it in a little bit. Now you guys are going to have him on in a little bit. But right now, Carson Wentz has not looked good. This front five doesn't look good. And it's ugly in D.C. And it could get ugly really quick if this front five isn't able to protect him because... As we know, the quarterback success correlates with that front five, and he's, if he's unable to stay upright, Carson Wentz isn't going to be able to do anything.
1: This uh, offensive line situation is an epidemic across the NFL, I think, because you are our third guest on consecutive preview shows. To bring up the offensive line as a major concern, and the Titans are dealing with it too. Pass protection still an issue. Ryan will having to get the ball out of his hands really quickly, so – I think this is just going to be something that teams are dealing with all season long. and Hopefully, you know, from a Titans perspective, they can get some pressure on Wentz and force him into those mistakes. I want to pivot quickly to the running back situation in Washington because rookie running back Brian Robinson may be active and, and finally make his NFL debut after getting shot in that attempted robbery a few weeks ago, which was just a wild story. Um, but happy to say that he's recovered well um are you expecting to see him on sunday and if so what can he add to this offense
3: yeah everything i've heard is that he should be active on sunday which is unbelievable first off it's just we've all been praying for his health in the first place forgetting about football um unbelievable and how dominant he he was in the preseason he stole the job from antonio gibson in the preseason he was rb1 entering the year um, but Brian Robinson provides a punch in a physicality that Washington doesn't have in their running game right now. Um, you look back in the last couple of years, they had Peyton Barber as that goal line punch. And it was kind of disrespectful when national or local media in Washington were kind of labeling Brian Robinson as that, that Peyton Barber bowling ball by the goal line. That's not who Brian Robinson is. He's a guy that can create inside the tackles guy that can jump outside and then run, run over you and run around you and not to jump over you and you do that too. And <laughs> he provides a dynamic that they just don't have right now. Antonio Gibson's been fine early on. He hasn't been the Antonio Gibson that we've seen in the past. Now he's had his fumbling concerns. That's been a big question. jay McKissick is one of the best third-down backs in the league. He's been really uninvolved in these first few weeks. He gets his touches, but he's expected to be a heavily involved back, and he hasn't just yet. That really kind of correlates to your first question as far as this overall offense not being great, but Brian Robinson, if he's healthy, I don't know what his workload will be right now. Again, it's amazing that he's even on the field, but he provides a dynamic that this Washington offense from a ground game perspective just doesn't have with him outside the lineup.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and, and sticking with uh offensive rookies, Ryan, on Washington. It looks like Jahan Dotson is out for this game, right? Ron <sighs> Rivera said seems he was gonna be out for about a week or two. So that's gonna take him out of this one. We won't see Traylon Burks either in this game, right? So it's unfortunate that a pair of first round receivers, even from you know, a a, a non-biased point of view, you'd love to see both of those guys on the field for oh. these teams. Unfortunately, neither of them will be. Um, Dotson's been finding the ed zone end zone with regularity, right? For an offense that that's obviously struggled a little bit. He's been so in impressive so far. Um, how big of a loss is this for Washington?
3: It's huge. And you look back to last year, um, Terry McLaurin and how successful he's been. They've tried to add guys around Terry to take attention off of him. Last year, they drafted Jami Brown out of Carolina on day two and they signed Curtis Samuel. They completely fell on their face in that aspect last year. Now, Curtis Samuel has been excellent this year. There's one guy in this offense outside of Terry McLaurin that's been excellent. It has been number 10 and Curtis Samuel, but with Jahan being out, you look at guys like De'Ami Brown, who has to step up. You used a day-two pick on him, you got to be able to play. Then you got guys like Cam Sims and Dax Milne, who some of you guys are familiar out there with Zach Wilson's top target at BYU. That was Dax Milne. These are the guys that they're going to have to rely upon and obviously with Curtis Samuel and targeting those tight ends and Logan Thomas and John Bates. I don't know if Cole Turner, fifth-rounder out of Nevada that they drafted, is going to be active. I don't know yet. We will see, but with Jahan out, other guys have to step up. But what's crazy is that, well, they're in the same situation now, they used a first rounder on Jahan, and he's a, he's not active now. Now it's Terry having to holster that attention again from those corners. You got some talented corners in Tennessee, we know that, and then you got Kevin Byard working at the roof of that defense, and he knows they're going to throw to seventeen. And if you know you can get after the passer, those those safeties, those corners can creep up a little bit. You got Roger McCreary in your face. You got Kevin Byard in the top. I just. A lot of guys are going to, have to step up with, with uh, Jahan out. And I don't know if it's going to be just this week or two weeks from now. Um, it's going to be Terry and it's going to be Curtis for them to holster, um, Carson Wentz's targets this week. Yeah.
2: A, a little anecdote on Jahan Dotson before I get into my final question for you, Ryan, I'm, I'm so happy to see him having so much success in Washington early on. I had a chance to interview Jahan right, you know, before the draft as part of the draft networking series, uh, that, that we do, um, Probably the, one of the nicest players I've ever interviewed, uh, a sweetheart of a guy, unbelievable personality, like rare, you know, I've had mostly good experiences and I always say this and I mean it, I'm not hiding anything, but Jahan like really, really blew me away. We like got the conclusion of the interview. You know, typically we we go our separate ways. Jahan's asking me personal questions, asking me about my life, telling me he would really love to meet me in person one day and thank me for my time and giving him a platform. Like Jahan Dotson is an incredible – I was almost worried he was too nice, man. But when those when those shoulder pads come on, that helmet comes on, he's a different guy, man. He's an animal out there. He's a beast on the field. So such a nice guy, and I'm so happy to see him having so much success. Um. Uh, Before we go, Ryan, I know Graver's going to wrap up, but I got one question about this defense because you and I have had some conversations about this game uh, away from this show, and it doesn't sound like you've been overly impressed with the linebacker play that Washington has been receiving. So I'm going to tee you up to go into that a little bit while asking you, is this
3: a Derrick Henry
2: game? (laughs) 100%
3: yeah and the biggest thing is as we get into these fall months and it gets a little chillier out and you got to tackle Derrick Henry for 60 minutes nobody wants to do that it's an effort it's an effort thing tackling is effort you can't teach that does Washington have guys in the building especially within that front seven that can make plays yeah starts with John Allen and Daron Payne in the middle but you move you move back and you got Jamin Davis first rounder of Kentucky who has played better this year he has you got Cole Holcomb and then, then you start to have questions as far as how can those guys cover. You're bringing in David Mayo, a journeyman linebacker that I think all three of us are better than, and I'm being completely honest. And then in the secondary, you've got Kendall Fuller and William Jackson that are as useless as ejection seats on a helicopter. And it just, it's bad. It is bad within the secondary for Washington. So Robert Woods, Nick Westbrook, I know these aren't the biggest names in the world, but Ryan Tannehill has shown, the, he understands the offense. He can hand it off 25, 30 times a game to Derrick Henry. Once they get him going and him churning, it's, it's, it's paradise for the Titans. I don't know what to expect in this Washington defense. We've had, they have too many names within the front seven. You talk about Montez Sweat, Chase Young obviously isn't back just yet. They're just names right now. And you get, you know what you're going to get from John Allen and Payne every single week. They're going to be able to get after the passer a little bit and clog up those gaps in the run line. That's their job. The for former first rounders, that's their job. But overall... This 11 for Washington, it's it's not good right now. They look like one of the worst defenses in football, and I have no clue what to expect, especially from that back seven this week.
1: Well, it's interesting you say that, because my next question is about what you expect, and it sounds like uh, you're not too high on Washington's chances in this game, but if you had to kind of predict how you think the the game flow will unfold, how do you see this game going, and maybe if you feel up to it, a score prediction for the final outcome?
3: Yeah, I'll start with Washington. I think they're going to have to get the ground game going early. They try to get that going with Dallas just to, to kind of take the pressure off of Wentz with a new center. Um, I think they're going to try to do that again this week, especially if Brian Robinson is healthy. Um, and then for the Titans' perspective, they're obviously going to get Derrick Henry going. Everything flows through him. And from a prediction standpoint, I'll go 24-14 Titans. I, I hate rooting against my commanders. I, I I want to be biased. You see the helmet up there in the corner. Um, going to follow him until the day, until the day I fall over. But right now, it's just not—they're not playing good football, and the Titans are. So I'll go twenty-four, fourteen, Tennessee.
1: Well, that would be three straight weeks for the Titans finishing with twenty-four points. So um, I guess Titans fans would be excited to hear that. Right. And, and they'll score—they'll score all twenty-four
2: in the first half. Yeah, <laughs> they won't score any in the second half again. Washington first won't break. score any because they can't.
1: Yeah, they won't <laughs> score any in the second
2: half. Yeah.
1: Yeah all 14 Washington points will come in the second half and Titans fans will be like, Oh, here we go again. And then yeah, there'll oh. be,
2: it'll, it, there might be a two point conversion at the end. Titans will finally hold up. And like this thing, don't underestimate the Titans ability to lose to and beat anybody on any given week.
1: <laughs> right. Especially right. when you expect them to win, that's when they really come out and, and are their worst. So we'll see how it <laughs> unfolds. Ryan, thank you so much for your time, your insight into this Washington team. We really appreciate it. Um, have a good rest of your week and uh, hopefully we can chat again soon.
3: Of course. Appreciate you guys having
1: me on. All right. Thanks again to Ryan. Let's move on here. Before we get to Tier Tart and our own predictions for this game, we're going to discuss what we call the worst matchup of the week. And that that is worst spelled W-U-R-S-T as in the amazing worsts that you can find at the Pharmacy, Burger Parlor, and Beer Garden in East Nashville. So the worst matchup of the week brought to you by the Pharmacy. Justin, what do we got this week for the worst matchup?
2: Well, there's a few that I don't like. I won't lie to, you. even though I, I like the Titans in this game, but if I was going to single out one, I would go with Jonathan Allen rushing the passer. I imagine the commanders will look to get him lined up, uh, you know, across from left guard, Aaron Brewer, who's had his struggles in pass pro, right? We know he's a bit of an undersized guy. Uh, we know that he's been excellent in the run game, but the the results in pass protection have been a little inconsistent. So I'm looking at Jonathan Allen here. I think this is a guy that can, you know, certainly record a sack on Ryan Tannehill, maybe even more than one, right? Maybe one and a half, two sacks. So that's the worst matchup of the week. I'm looking at Jonathan Allen versus Aaron Brewer.
1: So that is something the Titans don't like, but something that we like and all of you would like is the worst selection over at the Pharmacy, check it out. And if you're a vegetarian, you know, they have a ton of vegetarian and vegan options, too. So this is not just for the meat eaters like us. Thank you again to the Pharmacy for the worst matchup of the week. All right, so before we get to Tier Tart here, let us talk through this game just a little bit. Titans, 2-2, two and two, taking on the 1-3 and three Commanders. On paper, this looks like a great matchup for the Titans, who, you know, they haven't been world beaters by any means, especially in second halves. But if you look at, you know... Random metrics like DVOA, Titans are 20th and DVOA, Washington is 30th. By most metrics out there, Washington is one of the worst teams in the league. Three-game losing streak now after beating Jacksonville in week one. Um, I don't know how to, like, really what to expect from this game because I everything inside me says the Titans are going to come out. They're going to score on their opening drive like they have done all season long. The only team in the NFL to score on all four opening drives this season. And then get some points in the first half. Not too much in the second half. Hold Washington's offense, which has struggled this year. We heard it from Ryan. Washington's offense struggling a lot. And um, yeah, I think that the Titans should win this game, which absolutely terrifies me. Because anytime we think the Titans should win a game, they sometimes falter. So I don't know. What do you think?
2: I feel pretty good about this game, right? And I'm not always the most optimistic, but I do. I mean, I've watched Washington quite a bit over the last few weeks. I thought they were abysmal you know against philadelphia i think there was one point in the game against philadelphia where i wish i still had the screen grab but i think washington had like negative two passing yards and washington already had like 250. like there were there was something extremely embarrassing for them in that wash in that uh, game against philadelphia and then i watched a lot of the game against detroit Um, It was not as close as the score indicated like Detroit were beating them up and down the field. They jumped out to a huge lead. Yeah, Washington started, you know, mounting a bit of a comeback, but that game never really felt within reach like with all due respect to the commanders. From what I've seen, this is a really bad football team right now. You, you know, you, you heard our guest, Ryan Fowler. He's not very optimistic about them. Uh, the linebacker play has been abysmal. Everything I've seen, I, w- I would fully agree with Ryan. The offensive line has been a train wreck. I know the Titans, you know, haven't had terrific success, um, you know, with the rushing just four due to some of the injuries they have across that, you know, the D-line and outside linebackers specifically. Um, but I expect the Titans to find a fair amount of success in this game on both sides of the ball offensively
1: and defensively. Yeah, I totally agree. Carson Wentz in their last two games alone has thrown for a total of 381 yards on 85 attempts, which is... I mean, that's, those are mind-boggling stats. One touchdown, two interceptions in those games, and he's taken, over the course of the last two games, 11 sacks in two games. So Washington has, like, basically they've gotten worse every week this year, it feels like. Yeah. Um, they're not a team that's improving. The Titans should coast to victory if they are the team that we think they are, and they're and healthy enough. we don't even enough.
2: think they're that good, you know? In all right. honesty, right? I don't think, but they should still probably be able to secure a fairly comfortable victory here.
1: Yeah, it's it's something that scares me because every time I feel like the Titans should have a comfortable victory, they like come out and they're just like slow starting. And hopefully, this team has the fire that it takes to like be ready to go this week. Hope you hope that Kyle Phillips can come back and contribute with Traylon Burks out um, dealing with his injury. You hope that Amani Hooker can make it through the concussion protocol this week and return after he was un, unable to last week. Um, that's kind of where I'm at. If I had to give a score prediction right now, I think like 23 to 10. Sounds pretty good to me. That's Titans coming out on top 23-10. I really don't think this Washington offense is going to have much success against the Titans defense. And I also think the Titans are going to slow the game down, find success running the ball, which is going to limit the the scoring opportunities, limit the possessions, and uh, get in the end zone enough times to, to win this thing pretty comfortably.
2: There are two big opportunities for the Titans here, right? And we talked about them, you know, coasting to victory. But two things you'd love to see them do that they haven't done this year one is what we just touched on is win in convincing fashion and two it's have a good second half performance and offensively and defensively because you know on the last episode our recap episode um, of the Colts game we've talked a lot about the offense second half struggles I honestly think they've been so bad offensively in the second half it's kind of ignored the fact they haven't been very good defensively either right like they let the Bills score 24 points as we all know in that game the Raiders what was it scored 14 at least I think in that second half to mount a comeback uh, outscored by the giants in the second half so defense I and mean, remember they gave up a bunch of big plays to the giants in that second half explosive plays so they haven't been very good defensively either right it almost feels like everyone's ignoring that because of the offense
1: and they were outgained by like close to 100 yards by the colts total in that game and like the colts like jonathan taylor fumbles the ball just outside the red zone on a promising drive for the colts where they had a chance to come tie the game like Sure, that was a good defensive play to punch the ball out, but it's also like Jonathan Taylor, hold on to the ball. Matt Ryan, hold on to the ball. Like uh, Indianapolis missed a field goal. Like Those are big plays that the Titans didn't really have much to do with. It was more the Colts making errors. So, yeah, you'd love to see the, um, the defense continue to throttle an offense that has not done much, especially in the last two games, but really at all this season. So, yeah, what, what's your score prediction? I say 23-10 Titans.
2: Yeah, to revisit my last point before I give my prediction here, number one is, is is you know, coast to victory, victory, excuse me, something they haven't done this year, right, in all honesty, like secure a comfortable win. And number two is to have that good second half performance on both sides of the ball. I'm going to, I'm cautiously optimistic that this is the week they'll achieve both of those things. I feel good about this game. I'm going Titans 27. I think they'll finally score more than 24. I don't think they're going to hit 30 just yet. So I'll go Titans 27, Commanders 13.
1: And most important thing in this game, besides getting a victory, is stay healthy enough that the bye week comes at a great time so the Titans can rest up, get guys back healthy. And, um, and make some self adjustments and corrections so they can figure out this second half offense, especially if they are unable to do so on Sunday. All right, that will do it for our preview of the Titans Commanders game. We've got one final guest. Tier Tart joins the show now. We'll get
2: right into it, Tier. like people haven't stopped talking about the interception, and for good reason, man, what an incredible play that was on the ball. Uh, we're actually going to pull up a clip on this a little bit later. but are you able to walk us through the play?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, um, it was like a, a longer distance. Uh, it was like third and third and eight or nine plus. Um, as soon as the ball snapped, I got to slide. Jeff had the one-on-one, and I was like, shit, you want to slide to me? <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> I mean, so Jeff got it. He, he, beat, he beat his man inside. He got his hand in front of his, And the quarterback threw the ball out pretty low, and I just threw my hand up, and, uh, you know, I wound up batting it in the air, and I'm like, oh, shit. I said, I just got to." dropped his (laughs) motherfucker. So yeah. (laughs) Then I wound up catching it and I was just trying to play on my back. I thought I was laying on my back, but the whole time I was like shoulder, the adrenaline was pumping. So it was a great play for the team.
1: Yeah, that was a huge play. And we know you played basketball at uh, West Philadelphia High School. People don't realize your football coach actually saw you on the ball court and that's how you ended up playing football. He said, Hey, we gotta get this guy out on the on the field. Um, did you feel like you were just like out there waiting for a rebound to come down while the ball was in the air? <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, I, there's some similarities in there, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, basketball does contribute to a lot to how I, I guess how I played definitely be a bigger guy. Um, but yeah, there's some similarities there.
2: <laughs> Showing a lot of growth as a pass rusher as well this year, Tier. You know, I, I think you've had, you've added some juice, um, in that area. How did that sort of come about? What did you work on in the offseason and how much of that do you give some credit to Coach T? I
0: mean, I give all of it to Coach T. Uh, I mean, I started definitely at the beginning of the offseason. I, I wanted to become a better pass rusher and he wanted me to become a better pass rusher and the team wanted me be, be, to be, um, they knew I had the ability to pass rush. I just had to recognize when when were the opportunities to, to pass rush. And I think the biggest thing was uh, just going um more into like understanding understanding um down and distance formations and um and then just feel and uh, recognition of like of um of certain uh formations to they give me keys to let me know when i'm supposed to go and go out there and rush. So I think those those are definitely a lot that took a, a lot to go in there that was a lot that went into it as far as me developing as a pass rusher and, all of it goes to coach T cause he sat in there and, um, and Clint, you know, Clint is our uh, D line assistant too. He's in the room with us. You know, we sat in there for uh, a large amount of time throughout off season, just reviewing and film and understanding formation. So,
1: yeah, of course. And, um, Switching over from pass rush to run defense, uh, the Titans' defense this past week held Jonathan Taylor to 2.1 yards per carry. I believe that was a career low for him. Uh, you guys mm-hmm. were bottling him up all day, and that felt more like the Titans' run defense that we knew from last year. After a little bit of struggles to start this season, uh, was that a focus to improve the run defense heading into this? I game? mean,
0: I, I feel like it's always uh, we pride ourselves on stopping the run here, and um, you know, it's always a huge focus every week going into every game. On uh, stopping the run, especially when they got such a dynamic back like Taylor, though. But uh, as far as like y'all, like the front seven, well, we we, pre- we very much pride ourselves on, on stopping the run.
2: Tierra, yeah, man, we've really appreciated your time today, man. Before we let you go, we briefly talked about your you know your background playing basketball in high school as as really an excellent player on the court. If you were putting together a starting five, just Titans teammates, man. <laughs> And you, we're putting you on the spot a little bit. You can include yourself, of course. We expect you to. Uh, what does that starting five look like? And you gotta, you gotta put guys at certain
0: positions, man. We we want to know where everyone's playing. I, I got, I gotta go with my um, my boy Ben Jones at, at, at center. He's he's gonna do all the dirty work. <laughs> he's gonna go out there and get 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 me five fouls <laughs> with, uh, with like two three rebounds, but he, he's gonna make sure the job is done. <laughs> um, uh, I gotta go with my. Um, my boy Aaron, and that's another offensive lineman. My boy Brewer, he's a hell of a uh, hell of a player. Um, he's extremely athletic to be um a guard. And uh and my boy Chris Jackson, you know, is a DB. He yeah, out there, I, I, we need a point guard. So he's that point guard. So I got Ben at center, I got Brewer at the three, I'm at the four. Uh who's gonna be my two guard? Uh who can shoot? uh, who can shoot? Uh I guess you, you could put Derrick at the two guard. He got a really nice jump shot for what okay. I've seen on him. <laughs> that would okay. be my lineup. It,
2: it's funny you said it. You're going to need a sixth man because Ben Jones is going to foul out in the
0: second quarter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ben is going to foul out in the second quarter on me. Uh, who, I, uh, I haven't really seen any other people play but uh, or shoot around, but uh, I could go Kevin Byer. Kevin Byer is, is a great player, and he's a lefty. Yeah, he got a he got a, he got a nice little jump shot with that lefty. So definitely KB.
1: Nice.
2: Sound sounds like a hell of a lineup. Look, Tier, we really appreciate your time today, man. Congratulations again on, on the play. It was a hell of a play, man. A heck of an athletic play. And uh best of luck this
1: weekend against the commanders.
0: Oh uh, man, I appreciate you. Thank you guys. Take care. Thanks so much. Take care
1: now. All right. Thanks again to Tier Tart. That was excellent. Justin, I'm a huge fan of Tier Tart.
2: I am as well, man. I was so thrilled he was able to join the show this week. It was really unplanned. I won't give the listeners all the background, but it just kind of came out of nowhere, and I'm super glad to have T.R. on the show. I was, you know, chopping it up with a couple of his people, and uh, just so happened we are able to get T.R. on the show. So that was awesome. Really appreciate his time.
1: Really nice. Uh, so good job by you getting him on here, and uh, thanks to him and everyone who made it possible. Thanks again to Ryan Fowler and all our listeners for tuning in. And just a programming for
2: our listeners before we go, I know you've gotten used to the two episode a week uh, format that we've gone to, but obviously for next week, we'll have just the one episode because we'll be recapping the Commander's game, but we won't have a game to preview, right? As the Titans head into the bye. So you'll get only one episode next week. And then again, the following week, it'll only be one episode because we won't have a game to recap uh, as Titans come off the bye. but we will have your preview episode of the Indianapolis Colts game. That's a week seven contest. So we're sorry. We know you love listening to Graver and I twice a week. For the next two weeks, you'll go back to your regular scheduled programming, which is one episode per week. And then after that, for the rest of the season, we'll once again be full steam ahead with two episodes per week.
1: Yes, thank you for that note. So put it in your calendars, people, because that's how it's happening. All right, we will be back to recap this game on Monday or Tuesday, depending on our, our schedules. Uh, probably Monday, I would think. We'll we'll discuss that offline. Uh, so we'll be back on Monday to recap this Commander's game. Um, be sure you're checking out broadwaysportsmedia.com. There is this wonderful thing called the Broadway Insider Pass. Justin, can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, become a Broadway
2: Insider today. It's six ninety nine a month. You could use the code INSIDER to get your first month for just $0.99 or use the code ANNUAL uh, for for, a total of $49.99 for your first year. Lots of great uh, benefits to becoming a Broadway insider. We've got the Mike Herndon Show uh, behind the paywall. That's a weekly video show going out every week with your favorite, Mike Miracles, Mike Herndon. That's obviously a big perk to becoming a Broadway insider. You get early access to some of the podcasts. uh, A lot of written content behind that paywall. Whether that written content comes from me, it comes from Zach at uh, FWord pod. Uh, It's coming from Easton. There's a lot of content coming your way. If you're a Broadway insider, become an insider today. You won't regret it.
1: And of course, thanks to the Pharmacy Burger Parlor and Beer Garden in East Nashville for presenting this show and for presenting the worst matchup of the week for the Titans. That'll do it. We have covered it all today follow justin on twitter at justin m underscore nfl you can follow me of course at titans film room until we are back next week you guys stay safe out there and tighten up a broadway sports media production